hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin'. You know, in the Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan Kenobi says, uh, only Sith deal in absolutes. And unfortunately, that must mean that we're Sith, because we deal in the absolute of, we do not funk, we only monk. This was my second take getting that, and I still didn't at all. I'm going to co-host Jake Christie, joining us always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Man, I'm doing a lot better than you are, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking freezing right now. Um... He's down know, bad. I don't know if you, uh, you guys, I don't know if you, uh, you know, can see it, but it's very snowy in New York. Um, uh, like, legit, like, because last episode, it's like, oh, there's going to be a snowstorm, it's like a couple inches. It's probably, gonna, when I leave my apartment tomorrow, it's probably going to be like two feet, which is nice. Um, but we're not here to talk about that, because uh, any New York comedian you follow on Twitter will be tweeting about it. Yes. Absolutely. And the thing is, I want to, like, apologize for that, but it's also that every person in L.A., when there's an earthquake, I know about it instantly, so, you know. I'll take your word for it. But no, I mean, as someone that doesn't ever experience snow, God, I'm so jealous. I, see, you and I should just switch spots. I I've ne- I, I don't like snow. I mean, I snow, okay, I like snow more than I like the cold. Like, I'd, if it's going to be cold, I'd prefer there to be snow to no snow, but I just prefer it not be cold at all. Anyway, um... We're talking about a city that is famously never really hot or never really cold. Is I think the whole thing about San Francisco, right? It's always you know mild. I mean, it's 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 always relatively cold. Um, if you're from the West Coast, like you just go to San Francisco and you freeze your ass off. But yeah, compared to everywhere else in the country, I guess what I was saying, like it, it never like from what I understand, it's like in between like forty and seventy at all times is the general vibe I get. Yes, that's absolutely accurate. Yes, so we're talking about Mr. Monk and the actor. Um, what do you think of this episode generally? Um, it was really good. Um, I liked it a lot. It was a great way to start the season. Um, and, uh, obviously anytime you get the Tooch on there, fantastic. A little touch of the Tooch! Yeah, he's great. That's not my bit, I'm just gonna say that the Blank Check podcast created the phrase touch of the Tooch. I don't want, um, anyone to come at me, uh, and, uh, Yeah, there's like... Yeah, there's like, uh, so I'm like of two minds, like, it's... He, he's great in this episode, but also he's, like, kind of a problem uh, for a portion of it, but we'll get into that later. I think that, I think his, uh, where he ends up is great. I think that it is, it, I, I personally like it, but I think that bits at the beginning can be a little annoying, but I think that what he gets to is really, really good. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, we start off with uh, a man and a woman getting hot and heavy in front of a nanny cam. And before we talk about Stanley Tucci, I think we got to have, just based on the brand of our podcast, it would, wouldn't would be right if we didn't have at least a one-minute Greg Grunberg conversation. So what, what what's, what's your takes on Greg Grunberg? Character well, my first, my, my first question is, uh, did J.J. Abrams executive produce this episode? That's what I was going to say. Because I, yeah. that seems to be the only way Greg Grunberg gets some work in this town. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're missing something. Because what if, because what I was going to say is Greg Grunberg has got to be the nicest guy to be around. Because J.J. Abrams puts him in everything. And then, oh, wouldn't you know it, his former Alias co-star Bradley Cooper is, write, is directing and writing a movie. Who's going to play his driver that's in it for, like, you know, probably is on screen, who's, like, probably working, like, you know, 25% of the days, but has, like, no lines. Oh, it's Greg Rumberg. Dude, that's so funny because literally my girlfriend was like, oh, my God, where do I know this guy from? I'm like, um, Alias or any J.J. Abrams movie? She's like, no, 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 no. Then she looks at the filmography. He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember him from A Star Is Born." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So, but the thing about it, he's he's also he's in this he's in the third Star Trek movie. So I guess he just has to be the coolest guy to just be around. 
because uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's yeah. in the third J.J. Abrams. Yeah, Star sorry, Trek yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's not in Star Trek Three. Yeah, I know. Duh. That movie came in like 1980. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I guess my point is, Greg Grumberg, great hang. Um, not great hang in this episode. Um, and cause no, he's, no, yeah. no, he's not. I mean, like he's okay, but that's the thing. It's like he's obviously he's the murderer in this one, but he's also like not terrible of a person he kind of no. gets, gets caught up in like every yeah. situation that could be bad that's what i was gonna say is that he's on, on like a, on every human he's a really bad person but in comparison like if you were to grade the murderers on monk i would say that he is pff, in the bottom five best people top five best people there's number one i think is is one i'm thinking of specifically where you can make the argument the person doesn't murder anyone at all so but other than that Yes, he's definitely uh, a good guy. He just gets caught up. He just gets caught up in, like, situations where there's, like, nowhere else to go. I mean, obviously, you could talk yourself into not killing someone. Like, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But at the same time, like, um, there's a lot worse motivation for murder. Also, he's really well cast because he is just, like, the way he acts when both the murders he commits, he just has, like, a look on his face, like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I just did that. Yes, As yes. opposed to most murderers who are, like, I need to get away with it, he's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe. I say the second time, he's got a look on his face, like, oh, my God, not again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, uh, like most murderers, like, eventually lean into it, and he's very much, like, he, or at least he's a great actor and makes it seem yeah. like he's not into it. So, anyway, they're getting hot and heavy, and it's in front of a nanny cam. Uh, you get just based on the dialogue that uh, he's cheating on his wife with her. Um, mm-hmm. He actually rips open, his sh- rips off a little bit of his shirt, mm-hmm. and as they're tossing pillows back and forth with each other, having a little fun, yeah, uh, he knocks over the teddy bear with a nanny cam in it, um, mm-hmm. which uh, very quickly makes things go south because she's uh, she's going to be blackmailing him. Yeah, it was very much a situation where, um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a, a woman uh, that probably, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate, but I want to almost assume that she probably has a partner on this crime. Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I got vibes from, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, the new film Promising Young Woman has some I haven't vibes. seen it. It's it's great. I highly recommend it. Um, but uh, it's yeah, not it. not like the extortion part, but the vibes what this I get this woman has there's some vibes that are similar yeah yeah um and uh they start fighting over the camera because you know he's married um and he ends up pushing her and when you know it she hits her head and uh dies um, yep b- a bad way to start off for a guy okay and it's I mean I mean it's not clear at first but like he definitely took the camera with him right yeah did he take the piece of shirt with him too no so that was left behind yeah Okay, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, then we cut to Dr. Kroger, uh, Chucky. Oh, our man, love the guy. Yeah. One of the best guys ever to live. Um, we learn that Monk is, it's, we don't hear where, but he's going to take a vacation for two days in a hotel alone. But of course, Monk doesn't want to go alone. He asks Kroger if he wants to come through. Um, but he says no, thankfully. Yes, and he's very nice about it also. Mm-hmm. But Monk has a, there's a big step that Dr. Kroger recommends because you know, the session ends. And uh, what what's the big thing he recommends that they get the next step they should take? Um, he thinks that they should just uh, eliminate Wednesdays and only uh, have therapy sessions on Mondays and Fridays, mm-hmm. which you know seems to suggest that Monk isn't at square one anymore. Yeah, Where is he? he's at square two. 
Now, Monk yeah. is happy about this, but he also is very interested in knowing where Hell Crenshaw is, what square he's on. Yes. Um, and the consummate professional, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Kroger, will not divulge any of this information. Yeah. And... Also, we forgot to mention, but there's, like, some new clips on the, oh, on right. the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's what I kind of wanted to get to at the beginning, and I kind of was, like, sidetracked by other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, man, season five. I'm fucking excited. We're, like, we're like halfway almost through this. Correct. Yeah. I think we're technically, not like, I think we're technically, not because season one's only 12 episodes, I think, like, two yes. episodes from now is going to be halfway. Correct. So I just wanted to shout. I just yeah. wanted to shout that out real quick. Yes, We're I do love. I do love the Randy getting his the cigarette flicked is in the theme song. It's yes. classic. Uh, Monk smiling in the scene that you haven't seen yet, where he's in like the white outfit. Cut yes, yes. Soon. But um, they haven't removed my favorite clip, which what, is the, with those, the, could, the the I could be wrong now. Air, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so we cut to uh, Monk and Natalie showing up the crime scene, and Monk is like, "It was tangible progress," is what he said. And he wants yeah. to know what square Natalie's on. And she says four well, or five. No, okay, I'm going to go into a little bit more things that I've no. observed. Uh, one, Natalie looks great with her new hair. I was going to mention that later, too. That yeah, it, season it, five vibes. Also, it just, like, it, I don't know what the threshold point was, but, like, that the hair she has now is still not, like, 100% modern, but just does not feel like it's from a different decade, whereas... Like, she just right. looks like a person today, as opposed to the old hair was definitely uh, very <sighs> mid-2000s. Right. There's that, and then there's, like, the whole, like, intro scene that kind of, like, pans from above. Mm-hmm. Like, that goes into, like, the alley where they're filming everything. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, a nice touch. I don't know if I've seen something quite like that No, in the I don't show, know if you had but... either. I think the budget probably went up, and also TV shows are known to blow their budget early on in seasons. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I was impressed with the way everything is starting so far. Yeah, and I think the, uh, the resolution's better. I think this is when they started going HD. Um, so remember that when TV wasn't in HBD by default. I mean, I, I only noticed that when I watched like episodes of Law and Order, like season fifteen and prior to that. I mean, I, do you remember when you had to? I don't know what your cable package was like, but when like you had both the regular definition channel and the HD channel, so it's like. Like, can you throw on ABC and then like your mom, for example, who doesn't know how to work it, puts on regular ABC. It's like, no, mom, put on ABC HD. Classic. Stuff. Oh man, I don't really have a lot of. I don't have a lot of memories of that. Um, I think it just came so abruptly that I and I never watched TV with like my family, like growing up. Oh, uh, we were all we're big TV family. I mean, as you know by the fact that I watched Monk with them when I was nine. Um, right. That's kind of like that's my origin story in this whole podcast. Um, yes. And so there's apparently a homicide upstairs. No forced entry. Um, and, uh, Monk and Natalie noticed that Stammer's talking to a guy, and, like, who is that? Yeah, it's, uh, okay, so they mentioned it's a movie, but he says he's a TV producer, so that was a little bit It's confusing. a TV movie, I believe. Um. Okay, yeah. okay, got it. So, yeah, it's some sort of Hollywood big shot. Or Whose last name is Holberman, which is, of course, you know, David Holberman is one of the producers and writers on Monk. Good stuff, guys. Um, right, and, uh, and that's kind of... And they're making specifically. They're making a TV movie up uh, regarding the astronaut, Mister Monk mm-hmm. and the astronaut. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's if you're going to adapt one episode, that's mm-hmm. a hell of a one to do. Yeah, because it's fucking like astronaut. Um, right. And so Randy tells him this, but like tells him to act surprised, and Stalmeyer tells him because Stalmeyer wanted to give the news. So then, Stott does, and Monk acts surprised, like, ooh. Yeah, he starts acting super weird. Mm-hmm. Speaking of acting. Who is in the car, though, right near the producer? 
Uh, it's our actor who's going to be portraying Age Monk. Yes, one David Ruskin. Right. Monk knows who he is because they, him and Trudy saw him once in a play, and Trudy said that he was cute. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for how sexy women find Stanley Tucci, but judging by the fact that Emily Blunt's sister married him, I think uh, I think he's doing all right for himself. Also, I mean, I can't speak for the way women feel about it, but did you see at the beginning of quarantine when he did that video where he was like buzzed and making a Negroni for uh, Felicity Blunt? Because she's like, it's like, and he's, he's like very social. Like, so what do you want? Yeah, you want a Negroni? What you do is you take this and just like explaining in detail what he's doing. Apparently, he made the Negroni all wrong, but just like he just in the most casually seductive way, which just made her a cocktail. And it's like Jesus Christ, I get it. Uh, whatever he has, yeah, what? Th- yeah. Not only that, but I remember there was like a picture of him like in basically a Canadian tuxedo, like mm-hmm. about to throw a pizza in like a wood fired oven, and I, it just stuck oh, in I my s- head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Stanley is just like, I mean, yeah, he's great. Um, Icon and. Yeah, he, he really is like I fucking love Stanley Tucci, man. Oh, yeah, man. same. I love him so much. He made he made uh, me even kind of like uh, the that one movie, the Peter Jackson one. Um, uh, Lovely Bones. I've actually never seen that. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Although I've yeah. heard it's the, the thing I, I I know about that movie because I know a ton about movies I haven't seen is that it's like the only movie I forget. There's some stat where it has like the worst Rotten Tomato score of a movie to get nominated for an acting Oscar in like a couple decades because he got nominated for an Oscar for it even though the movie's terrible. Um, he did? Yeah, he got nominated for an Oscar. Wow, he was fucking great in that movie. Yeah. I mean, I still think he should get nominated for Spotlight, but no one agrees with me on that. I think his character's great in that. Um, who was he in Spotlight? He played I mean, Mitch- Mitchell some... Garabedian, who was the lawyer for the, like, he was, like, the low-down low lawyer who was representing all the victims um, that, like, oh, okay. Buffalo meets with. And there's a couple scenes that I think he's just unbelievable in. Anyway, Stanley Tucci. I'm going to say we'll talk about, like, other stuff, but we're going to keep him back to the Tucci because, I mean, you can't. Um, yeah. And so they, uh, they mentioned that David Ruskin's going to be following Monk around. And then Disher's thinking about who he wants to play him. And who's Disher thinking? Uh, he wants Jason Gray Stamp. Wait, no. He wants, uh, he wants Brad Pitt to play him. I've often considered Brad Pitt America's Jason Gray Stanford. So, um,. Yeah, he's basically. Oh, yeah, that's funny because yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, I was gonna say the Oklahoman. Uh, I was gonna do that too, but then I realized that I didn't have to do that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanford is already. Also, it's so bizarre that Brad Pitt is from Oklahoma. Like, I get it, but like, he just does not have that vibe at all. It's like finding out Johnny Depp's from like Tennessee. He, he knows he's from Kentucky, but um, so or Kentucky, yeah, yeah, yeah. What George Clooney also too being from Kentucky. He's just like, damn. Um, yeah. So they go into the, the apartment, and Monk immediately spots the bear, and he says that there's not enough stuffing. Could a camera fit in there? Which, I guess, were nanny cams, like, just not a thing people knew about in, like, 2007? Because if I saw a bear in that position, period, even if there wasn't a weird amount of snuffing not in it, I would immediately assume it was a nanny cam. Well, it's a weird juxtaposition, because there's that, like, not knowing what a nanny cam is, but there's also stop making the reference to people making whoopee. Or no, was it? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about making whoopee. I mean, let's talk yeah, about it yeah, now. Yeah, because yeah, he Monk mentions that they were on the couch and he doesn't want to stay having sex. Um, and he says instead, and somebody says, make him whoopee. Um, which is oh, honestly always funny. It's, uh, it, it's anytime, fucking fantastic. Anytime someone on like Family Feud uh, says sex in answer, the thing that comes to up on the board is always whoopee related and that always makes me laugh. Um, whoopee Goldberg getting uh, not a fair shake here. No. The only word that I think might be a little more funny than whoopee is describe someone getting nookie. I think it's a little funnier. 
Ooh, that's a little. That's that's very. That's hyper specific to like 1999. Uh, or like, well, yeah, I mean, famously, Limp Bizkit did it all for the Nookie. Um, yeah. I'm, for a while, there was a bit that my brother and I would do where we would like try to put on the most sincere voice possible and just say that we like. And it's like you know, I I had to do X, X Y, and Z. And if, I did it for the Nookie. What do we want me to say? <laughs> Listen, whom amongst us has not done it all for the Nookie? Exactly. So then Ruskin enters, and I'm conflicted because I don't know what fashion is. So either Ruskin's dressed terribly or he's dressed great. Great. It's one of the two. <laughs> I'm going to say he's dressed terribly just because his, like, uh, what do you call these? The sleeves. The sleeves, the yeah, sleeves like, are yeah. just fucking out of control, man. Yeah. It, it's like a straight I, jacket levels. The thing I like about those, he's definitely making a choice, and I respect that. Yeah. And yeah. I also think that gave you an idea, not really, this is just me making up bullshit, but that uh, how big of an actor he is, because, like, no one's going to tell him that he can't do that. Um, right. But anyway, uh, he comes in, his first thing is, oh, she dead? Which is honestly a great thing to say <laughs> the center of crime scene. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's got a flair for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then he says the thing that every person in a TV show, when they are going to become the center of attention, says, oh, I'm not here, pretend I'm a fly in the wall. Um yeah, you know, he does all that, but, like, he, before he arrived on the scene, he's done his research. He's He's got some oh, yeah. of the mannerisms down. He knows mm-hmm. he knows what Monk's all about. Speaking of Monk's mannerisms, Monk is trying to look extra cool, so he's, like, jumping around, um, being, uh, he repeats himself about the stuffing, and then he, you know, like you mentioned, David has done his research, so he says, you know, I shake your hand, but I, I know you don't do that, and Monk's trying to act cool. He's like, ah, oh, people exaggerate, and then Monk checks in and turns in a wipe. But obviously he's uh, he's dying on the inside. Yeah. yeah. And then a rookie cop, not rookie, but a young cop, comes and asks for his autograph and says, "Oh, you should be asking him for his autograph. He's the for Tucci's autograph. Oh yeah, for David Ruskin's, right? Uh, yeah. And he says, "Yeah, you should, ask, you should ask Monk for an autograph. He's the real hero." Which, like, yes, but also you're a famous actor. Like, you don't be fake humble. Um, yeah. No one, no one's asking for a cop's autograph ever. I don't yeah, care if you're, you're like six. bullet. Yeah. Okay. If if uh, Dave Toski was, I'd probably ask for his autograph. Um, if it's Mark Ruffalo, yeah, I don't give a shit if it's actual. Like, well, he, I think Dave he's Tosky. dead. I think that guy, he's I think he's dead. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Monk then he's, he's working his magic. He's looking around and he sees in the couch a little broken glass. Is that from a mm-hmm. wine bottle? Is it from a uh, glasses? No. Where is it from, Andre? It appears to be from a watch, uh, like the you know the the face of a watch. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, apparently, also apparently, there's glitter that Monk gets on his hand, and he's uh, having a lot of trouble getting it off. Yeah, he's having a lot of trouble getting it off, and he's trying to make it seem like uh, you know he it's like it's no big deal, but we all know he's mm-hmm. done. And of course, Randy, ever subservient, got Dave some coffee. Because Dave had mentioned offhandedly to Natalie that he wanted decaf coffee. And then Randy asks, you know, so who do they think about getting to play me? And what does, uh, what does Dave say? Uh, Dave mentions that he, uh, that allegedly Brad Pitt is, uh, is in talks to, to play Lieutenant Disher. Which, by the way, whenever we see who actually plays him, that's a fucking hilarious scene. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I love it. I love yeah, man. I love it. It's, all, all, well, we'll get to it also because that is incredibly realistic. Like that is that is yeah. what would happen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And uh, Randy then, with an eye. Yeah, Randy is so excited that he's got to call his mother. I mean, girlfriend. He says. Um, and then we learn that Stalmeyer, of course, put Dave up to it. 
So, like, even though Dave becomes a miserable fuck by the end of the episode, he can hang to start, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, his biggest crime is the, let's just say, the Daniel Day-Lewis uh, crime. I, that's unfair to is... DDL. He's more Jared Leto. Leto, I forget how it is. Oh, but... yeah, yeah, Jared Leto, Because sure. Jer- at true. least, like, I remember the thing that PTA said about Daniel Day-Lewis which I always think about all the time, is when he was asked about directing a method actor, he said, yes, he's method, he doesn't break character, but that he still knows what the craft service table is at lunchtime. Whereas, like, Jared Leto, like, like by all accounts, Daniel Lewis, like, I think in some characters he might, but he doesn't make people as miserable. Like, Daniel Lewis is not going to be set. When Daniel Lewis played Bill the Butcher, he didn't send knives to his castmates like uh, Jared Leto did. Leto all, did I'll say, all I'll say is do not fuck with Viola Davis. No. Well, because Viola Davis said that, like, but in what, they asked Viola Davis if Jared Leto sent bullets to her, and she said, like, oh, and he better not have, and I'm glad he didn't. He knows, he knows better. Yeah. Anyway, I think we talked about that before, but, you know. Yeah, we definitely have. It's whatever. It's who cares. You, if you listen to this podcast, you like us, not the stuff we talk about. That's not true. Yeah. Um, anyway, Stamar notes that this was a crime of passion, and then this guy will probably never cross the line again. Oh, wow. Did that age poorly, Stott? Yeah, next scene. Yeah, Even. what's happening in the next scene? Uh, well, your boy, your your close personal friend Jack, uh, what's his last name? Leverett. I don't know. I wrote uh, down Greg Grunberg for this entire thing. I can I consider Greg Grunberg a close personal friend. This Jack guy, I can take or leave. Yeah, Jack Leverett. Uh, still not a horrible guy, considering he murdered one person that was trying to uh, blackmail him. But anyways, uh, he's like breaking into a pawn shop, mm-hmm. um, and he like you know he he. He, like, hammers his way in through the wall and goes inside, takes some of the cash out of the cash register. Like, I think he takes a, a watch. He takes one watch. Yeah, he takes one watch, which apparently is, like, uh, one of the lesser price watches it's that's the cheapest available. one, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the uh, the owner of the pawn shop, Mr. Orlov, catches him. Because uh, apparently this is the fifth time he's been robbed in a, in a few years. Yeah, but that feels and, like it comes with the territory for being in a pawn shop, though. I mean, that's right, 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 right. I mean, maybe not being next door to a place called Sketches, but yeah. uh, maybe it's a sketchy location. Yeah, the Anyways. bar looks way too nice to be next to a pawn shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it looks way too nice to be next to, like, a fucking pawn shop. No offense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he breaks in there and sure enough, Mr. Orlov catches him in the act. They get into like a struggle. And of course, our friend Jack has no choice but to just fucking clap this old man mm-hmm. yeah, with, so, with his own biscuit. Yeah. Oh, yes. He gets, he gets, uh, you know, he gets killed <laughs> I, ha- I had to do it. I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy. Uh, this is happy flabbergastedness. Um, and so, uh, we then cut to them entering the scene they and Monk and Natalie enter through Sketches the bar. Which, why is it called Sketches? Uh, because people randomly get their uh, likenesses uh, sketched on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know how long this place has been open, but judging from what we learn mm-hmm. later, like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, they probably repaint and stuff like that. I imagine. Okay, I mean, all, right, all right. Also, all right. you know, damn well this was based on like one bar that one producer went to once. Because um, like, yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's too specific to be fake um, yes yes and monk points out that this behavior is like cave dwellers um which is funny and then monk gets told that ruskin on the other side of the wall is doing monk um and he's like trying to do the thing with his hands right and you referenced it earlier and this is when ruskin says uh mr monk and what does uh monk correct him with 
Um, at first, does he does he first say Adrian? You can call me Adrian, Monk. And then he gets a little more casual and just mentions he can just call him Age. Yeah, or Age. Uh, yeah. Or it's like, no, no one's calling you Age. Um, and yeah. then this is where he, like, shows how to do the thing with his hands. Um, where yeah. you can go up, you can go down, you can lean. Um, yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't know that the whole time he was just looking through his fingers. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. He's looking through his fingers. And this is where we learned that Orlov had the gun because he was robbed five times. And then the only things that were missing were money, the gun, and the watch, which was the cheapest one. And, and the money that was gone was only like thirty five dollars. Yeah. And then like, oh, the other people are like, oh, he must have been in a hurry. He was scared. But Bunk points out, no, the footprints. He stole the watch first, and then he killed him. Yeah. And that makes uh, that makes our friend um, David. David. Dave Ruskin. Yeah, Dave Ruskin. It makes him like, you know, kind of uh, like notice like how good mm-hmm. Monk is at solving this kind of shit. To yeah. which Monk replies, you know, it's a gift and a curse, mm-hmm. and that just plays into this whole scene where they're trying to like get the right cadence of it's a gift and a mm-hmm. curse. Mm-hmm. It's a gift and a curse. And Natalie leaves. She's upset about something, and yeah. when Monk goes out to her. What what's made her so upset? I mean, in in an incredible like, uh, you know, an incredible act of like foreshadowing or like foreknowing something, mm-hmm. she just has a feeling this guy has like bad news all over him. Mm-hmm. And I just could at the time I couldn't see it. Like I'm just, just like he's just like an asshole actor, like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like at the very like that's the hardest thing that could happen. But once she starts talking about this, I'm just like, all right, well, did he plan this crime? Did he plan this crime so he can get the part and then, like, do the method acting, like, to get, like, to get the whole vibe of Mike? I'll say this. I like that that's not what it was. I like that it's... No, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. It was different and... But that's what that whole scene kind of plays into you thinking. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I I don't know if it's possible. I I do wonder if it's possible to to go to rehab for alcoholism when you don't drink. I don't think it probably yeah. is, um, because I think that, like, there are some physical things that, like, I just don't think you can mentally your way into, but who knows. Um, then this is where Monk notices that the dumpster out back was moved, because there's some scratch marks, and they look, and right. they go down that alleyway, and they look in uh, the gutter, and our friend Jack did a really shitty job at hiding the gun. Just really did yeah. a bad job. Yeah, he did a horrible job, but also, uh, they mentioned earlier that the Jack would have gone out the front door. Right. That's what he made it seem like. Mm-hmm. But actually, Monk deduces from the dumpster and all that crap that he actually came out the back. And that's mm-hmm. where he ditched the gun. And sure enough, they yeah. find the gun that has a, um, a specific pearl handle. Yes. But it's wiped clean, unfortunately. But there's right. a little bit of uh, blue glitter. Um, yeah. Mu- I mean, much like movie theaters uh, in September of 2001, you can't get glitter off that gun. Um the I, I'm lost glitter. on that reference. Do you know Please the Mariah Carey movie Glitter? It famously came oh. out the same week as 9-11, if I remember correctly. Um, you know. So there's glitter. There's the blue glitter that they mentioned uh, that they found at the crime scene is on the gun. And they're like, well, how, does this mean that the cases are related? That's clearly not enough. Because um, there's, you know, they basically have nothing with each other. But then Dave Ruskin comes up with the thing that puts together what's the connection besides the glitter what 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 deduction does he make oh man i fucking i don't know what is it that the fact that he stole the cheapest watch he was replacing the watch that broke 
Right. Which, okay. How, why, how? How was this a clue? I don't understand. What do you like, mean? Like, how do we, because like, we come to the conclusion later on that like, this watch wasn't pawned off. How no, the fuck no, it wasn't the thing? same watch. It was that he needed another, it was a crime of opportunity. He saw a watch and he needed a new watch. Cause, oh, okay. I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't understand that at all. No, the, okay, that's that's it. the circumstantial evidence. Like that's the evidence that kind of like is just the actual evidence is the glitter. The, the circumstantial, like it just you know. Anyway, and then as we're leaving, Dave can't help himself from fixing, trying to even out vials of liquid. Um, mm-hmm. On so he's going full monk. He's really not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, Too monkey. Yeah. Uh, which I, I I think as a podcast we don't. I don't know if I acknowledge that that is a thing that can happen, um, but. I suppose you can't get too monkey. Then we are on the set of uh, the astronaut murder or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and Disher shows up. And Stoudemire, I do like that you can tell because knowing how the scene ends, that you can tell that Stoudemire is not happy that Disher's there because clearly he knows what's about to happen. Um, oh, I didn't then, even pick up on that. Uh, oh no, no, you wouldn't have because you. But I had knowing how it was going to end. Right. Um, right. And then who plays Leland? Did you recognize the actor playing Leland? Of course I did, man. Come on. Okay. It's fucking Mr. Robocop himself, Peter Waller, baby. I, and by the way, sounds a lot fucking like him. Great casting. I know. Honestly, I do kind of feel bad that Peter Waller is... It doesn't say a lot about his career post-Robocop that he did this part. <laughs> because, but you know what? Mm-hmm. But you know what? The thing I automatically go to, and this is mm-hmm. might also be sad, but it takes me to J.J. Abrams too because he mm-hmm. played the bad guy in Star Trek Into Darkness. Y- he did? Yeah, he did. I thought, oh, right, he did. He, yeah, on top of Cumberbatch. I forgot, yeah. Yes. Damn. Yes. Damn. J.J. James might have produced this episode. Who knows? Um, I, I think he might have. He might have. Um, and uh, Peter Wall, also, by the way, great, 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 great murderer guest star in Psych. That's not here or there. Um, and a great voice. Oh, wonderful. And then Disher enters. And as you mentioned, it's Randy Disher, but how are we spelling Randy? It's uh, R-A-N-D-I. Do you do you know any? Have you ever met a Randy that spells it that way? The only Randys I know that spell it that way are probably porn stars. To be quite honest. Damn. Uh, yeah. So you know, but they're, they're not Randy Disher in this case is not just Stamar's partner in on the force. Uh, they're part yeah. of the way. Talk, talk yeah. a little about this, and I want to, I want to hear your thoughts as it's going on. Um, so yeah, like, uh, you know, Randy's obviously played by a woman and she, you know, they're, they're going through like their typical cop talk and I I don't remember exactly how the line goes, but essentially (laughs) at the end of it, they basically start like kissing. Well, I I know exactly how it goes. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me. It's, it's, well, not exactly, but it's basically that she like gets up on him hot and heavy and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, you're I'm doing what you taught me, captain. I'm trusting my instincts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is great and like i love stott's face like on the couch is watching all this happen and uh, he's just and and he's, he's like that never like, happened that never happened not even once or something like that and, and then uh fake natalie comes in am i interrupting which is like honestly great not good movie dialogue because that's so cheesy um but uh i love it and then we get yeah no the, it's uh, great then we get to see the main event dave as monk Right, where he doesn't have the hair yet, but he no. he's 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 really tapped in. Mm-hmm. Like he's pretty good considering he's only been around him for like one day. Yeah, he's poking stuff. The big problem here is I think his suit is way too big. It just doesn't fit him. Um, right. But uh, 
they he's just he's i think he's also overdoing it a little bit with the mannerisms which we get to later that i think he's leaning on them a bit too hard um yeah and he needs they, to know the why first exactly then they recreate the thing where uh natalie has a stand on the stool to prove that she can't reach uh the noose um uh-huh. which i do like how they rewrote it to be i'm five seven because the actress is taller um i don't know if you picked up yes. on that but uh no, and then he says one of my favorite monk phrases, which I remember the first time I mentioned it, you said, is that really a catchphrase? Of, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and I didn't even catch it this time either. So well, I'm just like, I'm just deaf to that. It's, you know, um, but then speaking of anatomy, that doesn't work. Um, Dave has to call cut though. Something's really fucking him up. And what is it? Um, it's the fact that like, yeah, he, he's going, he's going full monk to, mm-hmm. to quote, uh, to light, to paraphrase, to paraphrase Tropic Thunder and not be offensive. Continue. Yes, yes, yes. Never go full monk. Mm-hmm. But basically there is one man with his hat in the crew and the whole, like the whole crew mm-hmm. that's filming this scene. There's one man that has his hat forward, another man with his hat backwards. It's just a lot of inconsistencies and he just can't work that way. So mm-hmm. you'll find him in his fucking trailer. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so that night, Dave shows up at Monk's wearing um, basically Monk suit. Yeah, and Monk hasn't seen it at this point, so he's not aware of how far yeah. the imitation has gone. Exactly. And Monk's like, is there a problem? And Dave's like, I don't have you. You know, I have your mannerisms, your tics, but that doesn't mean anything. Which, honestly, correct. This He's right. Now, personally, I'm yeah. against method acting as a thing because I don't think... While Daniel Lewis is, like, the best actor, probably, he's not that much better than, like, an actor who's not a method actor, so clearly it's not worth being an asshole just to get a 2% better performance. But anyway, he doesn't have the soul of Monk. Right. Side question. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite actor? My favorite actor? This is a really terrible answer because I, I don't like this about me. But in terms of pe- person I like watching on screen, it's either it's probably Matt Damon, honestly. I just love watching Matt Damon. No, I get that. I get that. Um, and and I, I would probably Denzel agree. also up there too. I think Denzel. He. he I, I think Denzel's him. always Denzel though. I, you're goddamn right, he is, and I love watching Denzel. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, sure, but like, I just like he just doesn't ever separate too much from like. I guess the thing for me is that I like. Uh, if I'm going to talk about like what the best performances are, I'm able to be like who transformed or whatever. But in terms of me watching a movie, like I don't actually on an individual movie by movie basis, it doesn't bother me if an actor plays the same thing in every movie because like I'm not I, I'm watching a movie on the movie's merits. I'm not watching it to see how, how talented I think the actor is. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Denzel plays Denzel in a bunch of schlocky crime movies, like the fact that he plays Denzel in the movie where he fights Russell Crowe as an android with all the serial killers in his mind, and also the movie where virtuosity, which is one I I love that movie so much. It's one of my favorite bad movies of all time. And he also plays the same character in the movie where he fights the demon Azazel when it keeps jumping into other people's bodies, fallen. The fact he plays the same character Damn it. in both those movies doesn't bother me because that character's great. <laughs> but you know what's fucking hilarious is I yeah. actually really enjoy the work of John David Washington. I think oh, John great. David Washington is great. When he, his, when he, the line delivery intended of, oh, I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago, is great. Um, I loved him in Black Klansman. Oh, he's it's fucking awesome. Worth, oh, man. JDW. The oh, thing that's someone oh, out, man. The thing someone pointed out, which is really a godsend, is that he doesn't look really anything like Denzel. Because if he no. did, I feel like he would be like cursed to be, you know, be associated with him. But he time. sounds so much like him. It's, it's fucking crazy. crazy. I know. It's he looks nothing like him, but he sounds exactly like him. 
man, JDW, yeah. man. He's big things happening for that guy. Um, I'm so excited. Um. Anyway, so. So he G- needs the why. Yeah, he needs. He's like, take me to monk school. And he's yeah. Like, and he's he points out. I think that this is. He asked some insightful questions. I think that. This whole conversation and stuff is helpful for Monk as much as it is for Ruskin. Because he asks him, like, you keep going with all these phobias and stuff. Like, why? How do you do it? And I think that that's something that Monk never really considered. That, like, most people, if they had... And I also like the way he phrases it because he doesn't phrase it as, like... He, the why he doesn't want to know is... He's not like, why do you have these phobias? Why do you like this? Where most people right. like that. It's like, why I'm going to accept you're like this. And that there are people who like this. The difference between you, the thing that makes you different is not that you have the phobias. It's that you have the phobias, but most people who do don't do anything, and you do. And I think that's a very insightful and very nice thing to say about Monk. No, absolutely. And, uh, and like, the thing is, yes. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I said that there's, like, issues with, like, the way he handles stuff. Um, no, that's great. Like, I understand that. And, like, it, it, it has some sort of value for both of them. I understand that. But at the same time, it happens at, like, fucking 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, like, Monk is not prepared for this. So, like, I just automatically am super, like, I feel bad for Monk. Oh, I feel to bad for Monk, that. too. But you yeah, also yeah. keep in mind that Monk always sleeps for 45 minutes or else he can't function. So you have to assume that he, this is, um... All right, fine. Fair enough. Now, and of course, Sharona responds to that with, since when do you function? Which is a great line. Um, right. And he looks at a photo of Trudy. He's like, is this her? Well, no, at first, Monk says, it's my job. And right. Ruskin's like, no, that's not it. Like, and, it, and he's right. It isn't. Um, right, and he then sees a photo. She's like, "Tell me about her," and they go back and forth repeating what things about Trudy. Uh, that she was beautiful. No, I never deserved her. The world never. Deserved oh yeah, her. I never deserved her. No one deserved her. I deserved. Her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're like they keep like he keeps grabbing the photo frame. He he grabs one, then Monk takes that one. He grabs the second one, and they can't kind of keep doing this little carousel uh, uh, action. Exactly. exactly. Um, and Monk, Monk, you know, basically divulges that. Um, that uh, Trudy was out there because well, she first, was... well, first, Ruskin yeah, discovers yeah. the photos of the crime scene. Right. Yes, and he asks more about it, and basically, Monk tells him that um, she was out running, uh, doing errands a favor, for the bros. running errands for Ambrose. Mm-hmm. To which, and I love this, mm-hmm. uh, that he replies, uh, Ruskin replies, "We have a brother." Yeah, it, it it gave me strong venom vibes. I don't know about you, but it, it did didn't to give me. me venom. It didn't give me venom vibes. But what city is Venom set in? San Francisco. Goddamn right it is. Bam. Awesome man. Want to yeah. talk about a movie that I like that's not good? <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> that movie's, that, that I watched that my, movie by myself in theaters. I watched the movie not by myself in theaters, but I did. That was the first time I pulled. I only have ever pulled this movie twice because I started it right before I in like 2018, 19. We're up to the theater with, uh, a, I think that time I had two pocket-sized bottles of Jack Daniels <laughs> to mix with the with the drink. That and the, I mean, that was a good experience. But doing that with the Meg, now that just that it, was one, wonderful. It, it was one for you and one for Venom. Ex- uh, exactly. Sense. Exactly. Um, anyway, so apparently the that he tells him that you know the person responsible is still out there, the person who killed Trudy, and I think that. Ruskin points out something that I don't know if Monk has really ever heard anyone say, like, maybe other than Dr. Kroger, but, like, it's torture that that, that still is the case. Um, yes. And Monk, I really like that Monk, whereas Monk is so much of a pity party about himself all the time, except when it comes to Trudy. That, like, he can't bring himself to say that it's torturous. That he has to, like, be like, no, it's, but, like, it clearly is. It, it's, and, and then, he, you know, Ruskin concludes that that's why you do it. Because if you can't solve Trudy's murder, you'll solve any other ones. But. Right. 
but there's a big but. It's still not enough. Which I love. Yeah, I love and, that and, line. I love the way that that's played. It's not that it's just it's not enough. It's that it'll, it will never be enough. Exactly. And that's like, as as bad of a person as Ruskin becomes and has... Pe- Painful as this is, I think that it's a super interesting storytelling device to be able to explicitly talk about the, like, deep down things about your main character by creating a situation where someone actually would need to find that out. Because, like, this conversation would never happen with, like, Natalie because they wouldn't – no one talks like that. I mean, I do, but that's because I'm me. But, like, they set up a situation in which it makes sense for someone to be asking Monk these very probing personal questions, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, like we said earlier, it, it provides a value for both of them. And, like, to be fair, like, I still don't think that Ruskin is that bad by the end of this episode. Like, I get that there's, like, one thing that he does that's really fucking horrible. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, it's kind of just, like, waved off with the fact that he's, like, a method actor. Yeah, I yeah. I really think that Jared Leto's performance in Suicide Squad is worse than holding a man at gunpoint. Um, yes. Yeah. Also, once again, Jared Leto did all that shit for a movie he was in for five minutes total. Just truly... He didn't fucking know that at the time. I know he didn't, and thank God. That movie's not good at all. Like, that's a movie that's bad and I don't like. But like, I've seen it twice. I've seen it once. I was, we were going to watch it twice. We are going to do a pod about it for a Marvel podcast, be drunk. Um, but we never ended up doing it because my co-hosts have things like, I don't know, self-respect and a value about their time. Um, well, but, if you ever manage if you ever manage to get like a side little action going i'll do it with you drunk Let's i mean this. what we're doing actually is this is a little preview we talked about this on the pod we're gonna do um on twitch we're gonna live stream a live commentary of the snyder cut when it comes out for four hours <laughs> god damn can i okay like i don't want to be on this one obviously because yeah. it's a big deal but yeah. can i please get on one okay yeah we'll watch some shit that we don't talk about i, I watch mean, all of it you watch okay what, what was your opinion on wandavision episode four no, except for that. Like, oh, I don't watch up. TV shit. TV shit. Like, nah, come on. I mean, WandaVision is honestly probably the best thing they've done in, like, five years. Not that true, but... Um, if I watch great. that shit and I think it sucks... I... This thing. If you think it sucks, then we're not gonna have you on because, you know, also, like, we got important guests, man. We got... You just want a bunch of bootlickers? No, we don't want Just kissing Marvel's ass? No, come we on. don't want bootlickers. We want... It, like, for example, the uh, regular guest we found on episode three and we're gonna have episode four is Stephanie Williams, who's a comic book, like reviewer and writer who's in fact writing an arc about one of the characters in wandavision right now uh we have some other people lined up that have much more in so this is not related to, she's not this isn't the same person as stephen williams right who did no. directed a lot of watchmen it, no, it's not, no stephanie williams she's a writer who is writing a comic book se- uh, run about monica rambeau who's one of the characters in wandavision so unless you have that pedigree um, oh, Mon- isn't she the one from Captain Marvel? Yeah, well, no, yes, she's the girl, little girl in Captain Marvel, and now she's grown. Ah, anyway, gotcha. um, see, look, I remember things. I know. Uh, so Monk wakes up Natalie, Bitch. and Monk is like, you know, this guy's completely unstable. He came barging in, um, and he made eggs. And what did you catch? What was notable about the eggs? No, I did not. Sorry. That the yolk was perfectly in the center of the fried egg, which is good for him or bad? Good. But also, I don't think that that's possible. I, I, as someone who's made a lot of fried eggs, I fucking love fried eggs. It's my favorite, not my favorite breakfast, but in terms of my favorite breakfast, you can whip up easily because I'm not making eggs Benedict with locks anytime on a regular day. Um, but man, it, you can't do that. That's impossible. It's hard enough to get. I'm not. I'm not an eggs Benny guy. Oh, what? what don't what like holiday like sauce. Oh, okay. I, I just don't say. like mayonnaise. I don't like mayonnaise. Well, there's no mayonnaise in. Uh, I mean, holiday sauce is a little like mayonnaise, but it doesn't. It's it's very much like that. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, but man, anyone who likes egg Benedict listening, replace the Canadian bacon with locks. <laughs> now we're cooking. Now we're now we're that's cooking legit my favorite breakfast. Anyway, um, we learn then that Ruskin asked Monk to leave his own apartment, which is that's honestly that's rude. That's a party foul. Yeah, no, it is. But uh, you know, uh, Monk is always a an accommodating host. Mm-hmm. And he also says, he, you know, he's a good actor. Um, and Monk then spots something on the couch where he sees um, a piece of paper all torn up. And he's like, what is this? Yeah. And of course uh, it's the clue. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah, what, what is it? Um, it's Well, it's like a letter from like Julie's secret admirer or something like that. A little boy that has a crush on her. And she ripped up because she didn't want anyone to see. Yes. Which gives him a hint. It's a very Sherlock Holmesian moment. It's a very... It's a fucking stretch. But I'll give it yes. to Monk just because he's a genius detective. hmm So then we go... We... Right? Like, we basically cut to sketches? Sketches? Yes, we sketches? go back to sketches. Um, yeah. And they're putting back together the pieces of the, uh, the wall um, where he broke... Where uh, Jack broke down and um yeah so i'm sorry i just want to say that one we're talking about the marvel podcast moved on i get a dm <laughs> on twitter it's i'm in a group with anthony and uh with excuse me andre and anthony one of my co-hosts on the marvel show and andre is saying let me be on the marvel podcast anyway so we'll, we'll you, you keep talking because i have to fucking host a podcast and you're you know Anyway, and I, I look like an idiot trying to read and talk. So, um, when they put the pieces back together, and as this is happening, Randy gets a true honor. What does Randy get to do? Yeah, he gets he gets to summarize the what this is what happened exactly. Um, and this is and this is where we find out that uh, the whole crime of that second crime scene uh, at a, at the pawn shop was not meant to be at all a pawn shop mm-hmm. robbery. Basically, what happened was. Uh, Jack and the girl who was murdered, I'm sorry, I don't remember what her name was, um, they were at that place that night, and obviously him being a married man, um, not a great situation. That has really nothing to do with it, I'm sorry. But essentially, he was sketched that night in his specific shirt that he was wearing, and he knew that. And after he was uh, murdered... They have to mention the shirt, because the sketch looks nothing like Greg (laughs) Gunberg. I didn't even notice this. I didn't even notice. No, it looks nothing like him. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he had that very distinctive shirt, and um, he needed to he needed to fucking axe that badly. So he covered it up by going back to sketches, and knocking down the wall, and basically going through and like committing some sort of petty crime just to throw off the scent of of what happened. And obviously, uh, the Orlov man was unfortunately killed as a result of it yes sad stuff for a bad beat for orlov um and of course the cop that randy's telling this all to says i know i was here when monk told you 10 minutes ago which really is it's a big l for uh for randy oh, i know i kind of wish they wouldn't have said it i really wanted randy to get his oh no i like that a lot again. he he needs that he needs to get cut down i mean he doesn't right, need to get fine. cut down in fact his entire character is just getting cut down at all times um and so we then see that uh, Dave is at the parking garage where Trudy was killed, and the security guard is like, "Hey, can I help you?" 
It's like, yeah, uh, my wife was killed here. Uh, they haven't found her, yada, yada, yada. Um, mm-hmm. He's going full back. Yes, he's exactly. He's, he's got like the hair. Full. I would he's even say, he's, yes, he's got the hair now. And I would say he's even more monk than monk. Because, like, he's definitely yeah. more emotional than monk. Um, yes. And we then got to the station. We learned that Jack paid with a credit card. Um, which, like, they kind of may like say that that's dumb. but Paid for he, what? The At the bar. Okay. But the thing is, that's... I understand why that's, on the one hand, dumb. But also, he didn't think he was going to that night. <laughs> right. Like, why would you even look into, like, that? Like, you are you just, like, taking everybody that was there that night? I guess. Well, no, that's how they... they I assume they probably found it by, like, cross-checking got men who were there. I don't know. It's probably not that hard to find a guy. Yeah, who, it, it's just not explained, so it's not clear. Yeah. Anyway. Um... And the Randy gets a call, basically being told that a guy at the parking garage um, is talking about Trudy or whatever. And Monk, I mean, and Randy assumes it's Monk, and he vouches like, "Oh, he's a good guy." Tell him that we just ID'd the guy. Um, mm-hmm. Which big issue? Then, then when the parking garage tenant tells Dave that they ID'd the guy, Dave makes a mistake of thinking it's the guy who killed Trudy. Um, right. And then when they show up at the car dealership, uh, who's inside? Sure enough, uh, unlike Monk, Dave Ruskin is is taking it to the criminal. He's uh yes. he's he's confronting him. He uh, he somehow manages to handcuff him oh, because uh, Jack Leverett owns like a car a Volkswagen yeah. dealership, mm-hmm. um, and somehow he manages to handcuff him to the handle of one of his cars mm-hmm. that he's selling. Yep, and in Dave's got he's got Monk's stale old biscuit, um, pointed at him, um, and. Yep. I love how when they when Stamar first looks inside, he's like, "Oh my God, that's Monk inside!" And then you see Monk yeah. pull up in the background, classic stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then Monk goes inside, and um, you know he's trying to get him to stop. And it's, I think it's really interesting that you know he it's like David, David, but then he calls him Adrian, um, and he looks at yeah. him. And mm-hmm. of course, how did he, he got the gun? Because the combination is Trudy's birthday, um, right? And then I do love that didn't, Monk... Didn't know that Monk had a gun, to be honest. You, oh, yeah, Monk has a biscuit. Um, yeah. And um, Monk tries to basically distract him by being like, yeah, that's Stinger over there. It's kind of falling off. Um, and so... But of course, Monk himself can't resist, so they both yeah. have to fix it. Yeah. Which I really... So they, I like that bit, because unlike a lot of bits where it's like Monk trying to fix something for a long time, I think that this one was funny, because there was never a shot where they panned over to the other guy being like impatient. You know what I mean? Right. It was they all... were both in it. Exactly. And that's why it was funny because it wasn't laughing at him, you know? Yeah, and it's not just that. Like, the funniest part about it is that they start smoothing out the fucking sticker with the butt of the gun. <laughs> like, both of them. Which, yeah. No, it was honestly a really fucking It's, really and funny it's honestly thing. a little like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon where they both had the realization, like, oh my god, we should be fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it was a, it was a yeah. really good scene. Now, right here, they have a fight, which there's some bits where it's so clearly stunt doubles, but that's fine. Um, and... Uh, you know, they're fighting back and forth, and Monk is like, he didn't kill Trudy! And then Greg Drongbrook's like, yeah, I don't even know Trudy. I killed two other people, I, I but I didn't kill Trudy, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, he seems like a good guy. It seems like he would it would have eaten him up, to be quite honest. So, like, the mm-hmm. second that he's anywhere close to being confronted, it feels like it makes sense that he would just I mean, completely... I mean, that's how m- most murders fold. in confession. People forget that. Yes. Um, and, uh... Was gonna say that, uh, and Monk basically stops him from shooting because, like, you know, Trudy wouldn't want you to do this. Um, and 
you know, it's like, yeah, I know. You're right. It's over. And then Dave reveals that, you know, she wanted me to go with her that day. And I said, no, it's my fault. I'm sorry. And they say, I'm sorry back and forth a lot, which is very sad. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is, like, did we know this before? No, and also, also, I actually don't think that that's true. I think that he's just, I think he's just saying that. I, I don't know if it's actually true. Because f- okay. from but what I actually him. know about what happened, also, the, the thing is, I suspect, and I can ask Andy this, but I'm not going to because I forget because I do things. Um, I would be shocked if they knew how it ended until, like, the last season. Because it's... Right. Because, to be frank, there's not, like, clues. Like, I, I, I'll just tell you, there's not some big grand conspiracy that they've been setting up this whole time. That's just, but right. that, you're, you, I assume you would know that because that's not how TV worked in the 2000s. Um, right. And then we cut back to Kroger's and they canceled the movie. And uh, Dave Ruskin quit. And I, this, I fucking love this joke where he wants yeah. to play someone so dark. So he's and in depressed. England playing Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, and, and after that, you know. Monk is back to square one. Yep, and he's he's also back to having three sessions a week. No. Oh wait, no, maybe four. No, I'm thinking five. Uh, you know, maybe the sixth session would be the real key to all this. Mm, right, right, right. Seven possibly, and then we fade out. Um, yeah. So yeah, what do you give this episode out of ten? I um I. I'm giving it an 8.5 with with the possibility of possibly bringing it up to a 9 because it is a really I'm good it episode. Up to a nine. I, okay. I I just yeah, I, I, think, I, I, like I think I think what I think what hap- I think what I think what happens with me is and obviously this is the first Oh fuck, we didn't even do that last season. We didn't do it for uh, season 4. We didn't go okay. through like our first All right, yeah, episode yeah. of season 4. All right, yeah, then let's do that after this. Go. Yeah, yeah, but basically, um, I, I, I kind of want to measure it compared to the rest of the season, so I can't like give it a nine, mm-hmm. like right off the bat. Um, but I'm gonna an eight point five is fucking solid. Yeah. Okay. So f- we forgot to do this, guys. Where it's their favorite episode of, um, the last season of season four. Uh, mine's probably Mr. Monk and the Astronaut. Yeah, definitely is. No, mine is Mr. Monk goes to the dentist. It's gotta oh, be. Oh, wow. Damn. It's gotta um, be. And then, least favorite, Mr. Monk of the Big Reward. That was also easy. Uh, mine is actually Mr. Monk at Jury Duty. Come Damn. on, man. That was, our le- that was our least favorite. Oh, you're right. You're right. Actually, I probably did like that one last. Which is funny, because people yeah, are telling yeah. us on Twitter that they actually like that a lot. Which, honestly, agree to disagree. Um, but yeah. Now that we got that done, uh, yes. I can tell you to follow the show at Strictly Monkin. Uh, Andre Monkin will follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Uh, you can listen to that Marvel podcast I was talking about at MC University Pod. Um, or you can not until you I'm cannot, on it. Until, yeah, until you can protest. Um, yeah. And re- if you subscribe to this, uh, you know, share it with your friends. And more important than that, tune in on Friday as we talk about Mr. Monk and the Garbage Strike. Not sure if this applies, but let's get junky, baby.